Whether it is promoting women in STEM within their ranks, committing to a zero carbon footprint, or supporting various charities, companies can do a lot of social good. There are not only corporate citizenry reasons for championing causes, but there's also a correlation to an improved bottom line. Today on AV Social, we're going to discuss specific examples within the AV industry, as well as providing ideas for integrators, manufacturers, and others to get involved locally or nationally. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Social, episode 36, Socially Conscious. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by SDVOE, the platform for networked AV. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of AV Social. I'm one of your hosts, Dawn Mead, joined as usual with my lovely co-host, Kelly Perkins. Hello, everyone. And today we have a couple of special guests, but before we get to that, let's talk about our topic. Whether it's promoting women in STEM within their ranks, committing to a zero carbon footprint, or supporting various charities, companies can do a lot of social good. There are not only corporate citizenry reasons for championing causes, but there's also a correlation to an improved bottom line. So today on AV Social, we're going to be discussing specific examples within the AV industry and our own companies, as well as providing ideas for integrators, manufacturers, and others in the field to get involved locally or nationally. So Kelly, you want to introduce us to our guests today? Yes, we have uh, two lovely ladies from Legrand with us. Uh, first uh, up is Melissa Roan with Daylight. If you want to say hi, Melissa. Hello, everyone. And alongside her is Megan Needler, excuse me, Megan Needler with Middle Atlantic. Hi, everyone. So <laughs> corporate social responsibility, guys, you know, it's kind of a big topic, but it's a really important one these days. Um, let's start, uh, either one of you, really, um, how would you define corporate social responsibility? It's a lot of big words. It is. You want to go first, Melissa, or you want me to tackle it? Um, I, sure, of course. Um, you know, I try to keep it pretty simple. I was thinking about this a little bit beforehand and, you know, I, th I really think it's about doing the right thing and I would probably summarize it how I would in my personal life, um, with a quote, uh, and it's do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better, um, Maya Angelou. So I think that that's probably maybe a simple way of looking at it, but I think it's also important to keep it simple. It's, just, it's really about doing the right thing and doing the best you can. Oh, that's a great summary. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I think it's uh, about really recognizing the collective power that entities get as they continue to grow. And that collective power comes in the form of products and people um, and money. And how can you take that collective power and do something good with it? Um, and, and really, you know, to, to your point, Melissa, it's just about doing the right thing uh, with those different tools and resources available to you. Mm -hmm. Kelly, how about you? How would you define it? Um, I, you know, I'd agree with, with all of, all of your statements. I mean, it's, it's being a good person. It's being a good company. It's giving back to your community. It's giving back to your employees. It's, it's, you know, I think, I think for me, mostly it means giving back, you know, you, you, 
you you spend so much time worrying about all of you know the day-to-day business things and and you kind of forget sometimes all the all the people and resources around you that really help so it's it's taking the time to go okay you know my community you've supported me you know it's all of that right um, I agree with everything you ladies have said, um, it, but it, I mean, it does, you know, if you're a business person and you're watching this, you're probably thinking, well, that's a very fluffy and feel good kind of topic. Why do we even care about this? But it's something that's important enough that when I was doing my MBA a couple of years ago, we actually had a semester where our main project was discussing corporate social responsibility and the bottom line returns to a company for have, taking part in social responsibility, you know, programs and projects. Um, so why do you think social responsibility by a company is so important to society, the company culture, the bottom line? Um, let's start with Megan this time. Sure. Well, I think it's today, I think all companies are fighting to be relevant. There's so much noise going on in the world today. Social media has opened up so many doors where you get access to information, um, and tools and marketing everywhere you go. And so how can you be relevant to your employees and to your customers? And I think it's about recognizing those intersections of what you can do and what's relevant to those different personas, your employees and your customers. And those major intersections are, um, you know, really where I think it starts. So, um, yeah. (laughs) All right. Melissa, how about you? You can tackle any part of that question. How is it important to the company, to society, bottom line, company culture? Um, I think that I have a lot of thoughts kind of floating around. Um, You know, there's there's a couple ways of looking at it. You know, you can look at it from organizations that maybe haven't put it as a priority, like the social responsibility as a priority, and it, that can really turn into a crisis. Um, whether you have, you know, I won't, I won't go into like case studies or anything, but when you have, um, when greed is more important and the bottom line becomes more important than how we look out for our environment and how we look out for other people, you can have um, crisis in the ocean where you have oil spills um, and you have, you know, increased government oversight and things like that that can come out of that. Um, from the bottom line standpoint, I think that as a culture, we're becoming much more aware of our environment and our resources and, and putting, placing more value uh, on those. And I think a lot of that is because of organizations out there, I'll, I'll name one, for example, Patagonia, um, and companies like United by Blue, who are raising awareness for our natural resources and, and making those more important in the public's eye. So from the bottom line standpoint, as consumers in our personal lives, we're becoming more aware of how we purchase and what we purchase. So as corporations, we have we have an opportunity to, um, from the business standpoint, also position ourselves in, in doing the right thing from a, from a consumer and corporate perspective. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to, you know, are we doing the right thing? And being, being good corporate citizens because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for our employees. It's the right thing for our customers, for our environment, whatever it might be. Right. Kelly, um, you're working with NSCA now with the foundation, um, and you do a lot with education, that sort of thing. You know, do you see any tie in there with corporate social responsibility and, and education programs, um, or or how you know does NSCA specifically do anything that is good for the company, bottom line, culture, or society? You know, I mean, that's kind of the the foundation of our foundation. Um, mm-hmm you know, bringing that education and training and um, 
social responsibility back to the AV industry, you know, especially the integration channel. Um, and I do a shameless plug, you know, for NSEA and the Ignite program, but it's, I mean, it's really what, what the entire initiative has been built upon. Um, you know, this industry has been so great to us, right? It's been so great to so many people, so many companies. Let's, you know, step up on social responsibility and, you know, give back, give back to those younger folks. Let's get some new talent in. Let's take some time to train new people and, you know, donate for grants and scholarships and, and, and put together training programs. And I could go on and on and on, but it kind of is that. And we're getting to the, we're kind of getting to the, you know, that pivot point where a lot of baby boomers are going to start retiring. And instead of selling your companies, put together some succession planning and actually train those young people, train the people within your organization and educate them on how to run your business and maybe look at it a little bit differently. But um, yeah, I mean, you guys are retiring and making a lot of money. So it's time to maybe start to give back to that industry that, that helps you get there in the first place. So that, that's kind of my opinion on it. And I think how the NSEA foundation is so great because we can help, um, we can help figure out different ways to give back to the industry. And I'm more than willing to listen to any ideas on uh, anything that, that, that is uh, related to the foundation and different types of educational opportunities. So that's great. Uh, Megan and Melissa, you both fall under the Legrand umbrella now, but uh, you know, I think when we scheduled you for this, you were daylight and middle Atlantic, and you're still within those entities within Legrand. Um, within our definition of what all corporate social responsibility is, what are your companies doing, or your company sectors, as it were, doing that you can talk about that demonstrate corporate social responsibility? Are there any big programs, initiatives, or, or just little things that, that are a regular part of your company culture? Either one of yeah. you. Well, so Middle Atlantic has been a part of Legrand since 2013. So we've okay. adopted some of the different Legrand practices. Um, so I, I think, Melissa, you guys are probably going to start to roll into some of these as we continue to merge. And um, but so, you know, I have served on some of the different boards within Legrand but there's a corporate social responsibility team that has uh, focused around this out of France um, that's staffed and funded publishing strategies around it. And then it's our job here as the North American entity to develop ways to roll into that. And um, just recently, we actually kind of merged some of our efforts. So, you know, Legrand grows through acquisition, hence the milestone acquisition, right? And so each of these different uh, entities that we acquire have different programs that they were contributing to. And what we recognized is that if we continued down that path, we would have a very fragmented strategy, right? So we have a team here at Middle Atlantic that was very passionate about pets, we'll say. So they, they put together a whole effort around the different um, animal shelters in our community to support that, which is great. But those little efforts are exciting, but it really spreads everything very thin. How can we recognize that collective power that we have and make a greater change within our industry. And so Legrand kind of pivoted um, a little, uh, I think it was just last year actually, where we um, sort of streamlined our efforts around how can we really in make for better homes, better schools, and better recovery. And so those are kind of the three different sectors that we participate in. And um, with Better Homes, we partner with Habitat. We leverage um, our ability to support them through products and again, through people and through time. 
Um, and then Better Schools is a partnership with the US, um, US GBC and how can we take sustainability and um, make some of those uh, tools available to schools that could use those energy savings. Um, and then recovery is all about partnering with the Red Cross for disaster relief. So those are some of the three, the three different sectors that we try to put a lot of weight in externally because again, we feel like we, there's relevant intersections within our products and people there. That's great. Melissa? Um, we have a couple programs um, that haven't been, you know, obviously we're going to be rolling into Legrand, but uh, a couple programs from, from the milestone days. Um, one of them, well, from I'll go clear back to just when Daylight, before Daylight was acquired. Um, Daylight has two programs. One of them is the screen green program, where we actually will take anybody's screen and recycle it to make sure it does not end up in a landfill. Um, the other one is the fact that we are, uh, we are a landfill-free facility. So we're kind of based off the Subaru model where everything goes to a waste energy facility uh, to be tr converted in energy to uh, be used to heat and cool the downtown loop in, in, in Indianapolis. So there's that piece of it on the environmental side. We're also 14,001 um, certified, um, ISO certified for environmentalism. Um, so there's that on the manufacturing side. And then on the social side, uh, the thing that I really love is we have a, a program called Community Connections. So any organization gets hit, hit up for sponsorships and funding and things like that. And how they organize the Community Connections team is that, you know, there is a focus on education and women and children um, and, and reducing poverty and violence and things like that. Um, so definite focus there. But basically any employee that is, is involved in um, a cause, whether it's it could be animal related, it could be environmental related, doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's a 501c3, um, they can put in a request to have funding given to their cause and then explain how they're involved. And they can get up to $2,500 donated for their cause, their, their charity, whatever it is they're involved in. So it really does a lot to encourage uh, colleagues and employees to, to be involved in their community. Um, and, you know, I have a personal experience from this just actually really recently where, you know, because it goes before a board and, and it can get approved or not, um, the, the team looks at it and decides if it's, if it's in the guidelines. But I actually recently had the opportunity to go to uh, a Kenya with another woman where we were doing positive masculinity training and some education over there. And she went home to Indonesia and wanted to incorporate the, the curriculum into what she's doing um, in Indonesia to really start reducing some of the violence on women and children. And um, her funding was coming to an end, so I just asked, I asked the team, I put in a request to actually match um, anything I could raise on my own. And it goes before the board and they can approve it or not. And I had a really great experience with that. Just, and it's, it's, it's neat because it actually, it, it helps whatever, what you're, whatever you're already engaged with and excited about, it, it just helps fuel that um, to keep people doing what they're doing in their own personal lives too. Melissa, you made a really good point there when you were talking um, not just about you know matching funds and that sort of thing, which is great, but you mentioned that Daylight is a landfill-free facility. And I think that's something that a lot of business owners in our industry and outside of our industry don't realize, that corporate social responsibility is about more than just giving money to a charity or volunteering at a soup kitchen or letting a blood drive happen in your break room. It can be about things like materials, where you're buying them, what you're buying, and are you recycling them? It can be about supply chain. Are you using, for instance, diverse or minority certified companies and, um, you know, bringing in resources or companies that, that protect resources, environmental things? Um, 
you know, for anyone on the panel, Kelly, Melissa, or Megan, you know, aside from Melissa's example, you know, do you see a lot more of that coming out in the world? Or is this something that we all collectively need to work on is looking beyond just here's a check, we're being good corporate social, you know, citizens? Um, um, yeah, I mean, was something that's been important to Middle Atlantic um, for a long time prior to the Legrand acquisition, um, Bob Schluter, our former owner, was extremely passionate and developed our facility in the same way. Um, we're, we were recently Green Circle certified, actually, uh, for a similar statistic as Melissa in terms of uh, minimal waste uh, going to the landfill. Um, and it's hard to do as a U.S. manufacturer. And I think a lot of uh, the political environment is really bringing to light um, how important and critical the supply chain becomes. Where are your materials coming from? What kind of environment exists there? And it's your responsibility to know how your products are coming to market and that that is a responsible supply chain because there's so much transparency today again, within social media that your customers will find out. And so it's important that your, your brand value proposition kind of bleeds all the way through, um, all the way through that supply chain. And so it's absolutely a synergy between Daylight and Middle Atlantic. Right. I would second that too. I mean, maybe it, it kind of, it's more related to the manufacturer side. Um, I think when it comes to supply chain stuff in a lot of areas, but, you know, I can think of a couple, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I can think of a couple local companies that make all of their products in Minneapolis and they source all of the materials from neighboring towns. And, you know, that, that puts food on the table. Yes, it's more expensive. Sometimes the lead times are a little bit longer, but I think as a customer, um, I think, I think it's important to recognize, you know, and I, that they're giving back to their community. They're giving jobs to other people like you and me. And I think, I think that's a big thing. And I think sometimes people tend to overlook it. Like you guys have mentioned, I think people are becoming more aware of it and more cognizant of it just because of the whole, you know, let's eat organic, let's recycle more kind of the, the, the culture of, of the world now, but um, yeah, I think you kind of you kind of forget to think about that sometimes. Other than just handing over a check, or right, I know from my own perspective now that I'm an end user, which is still I'm not used to. Mm -hmm. um, but my company isn't. I, I work within AV within my company, but my company is not an AV company. We're an aerospace company. We are government contractors. And I know one of the things in our 2017 uh, corporate social responsibility report, because once you're above a certain size, you do annual reports on this stuff. Um, one of the factors that they mentioned is we have a regulatory requirement by the federal government to have 23% of all of our subcontractors and product and, and supply providers uh, minority, woman-owned, veteran-owned, you know, um, businesses or partners, you know. So we have this regulatory requirement of 23%. And one of the things they highlighted in our 2017 report was the fact that for the past 10 years, we've well exceeded that minimum standard, you know, minimum pieces of flair, as they would say in office space. And we're at nearly 33% of our, you know, one full third of all of our buying, partnering, and and supply chain, you know, comes from these underrepresented companies and things like that, I think, are kind of very key. 
Um, I think Megan, it was mentioned uh, thinking about the environmental impact of things. You know, you really want to look at not just what you're making, but how you're making it, where those things came from, and are those things sustainable that you're using? Um, and, and of course, uh, you know, I don't think any of us really mentioned, but just even something as basic as diversity hiring. I mean, right now we're a complete anomaly in the AV world because every one of us on this panel happens to be female. Mm -hmm. As we all know, we work in a sausage fest. That's for you. Uh, <laughs> that's for you, Avixa. Um, for Barb and Avixa. But, um, you know, it, 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 the, the ability to, you know, look at a company and say, well, these two companies have equal products and they both have a pretty good environmental record, but mm -hmm. I see company A yeah, and they even have similar prices, but company A was founded by a woman who invented the silver screen and happens to have this long and rich history of hiring and including women and minorities. Company B may or may not have such a history, you know. So looking at the different kinds of, of diversity aspects is also important, you know. Where do they stand on things like inclusion and hiring and, and partnering? Um, so you know, I gave an example from my own company. You guys have given some examples from your companies. Looking at our industry in a broader sense, what are some examples in or out of the AV industry, but specifically in if you know any, uh, mm -hmm. where you think a company's really gotten it right? You know, we, we like to talk about the ones that get it wrong and we kind of all laugh at them, but uh, Megan <laughs> or Melissa, do you know of anyone that has really just knocked it out of the park in this regard? For me, I think of, of organizations that are outside of the industry first, um, for whatever that's worth. I mean, for me, when I'm looking at it, it's like, is there, there has to, there have to be certain ingredients and certain pieces um, to have gotten it right. And obviously, we're all growing and, and becoming um, better corporate citizens, but it really comes down to the heart um, and the, the kind of the heart space, the culture of the organization. And I think that organizations that do it well have an education piece um, to it, whether they're either they're educating internally as well as their audience. So there's an education piece, there's a financial piece, um, but kind of like we've mentioned, there's not just a financial piece. It's not just about the writing the check for the PR, um, the good PR, but it's the education, it's the, it's the financial piece, and then there's the engagement. Um, if you're able to not only engage uh, your, your employees, but your, your consumers, your audience, and getting them involved, not just engaging, and excited about it involved I think is so powerful um, one of the organizations that I've, I've followed for years on the social side is uh, United by Blue and what they do is they basically for every item they sell they clean up a pound of trash from a waterway whether it's a river a stream a lake the ocean you know and water is such a such a big part of all of our lives and the thing that I love about that is they're they're using their their audience their their customers to help engage in those cleanup projects and I just love that kind of circle um, that they've created of the education, the engagement, and then the financial piece um, that I think is, they do really well. I don't know, Megan, do you, can you think of any others? Who would you, who would you throw out there? Yeah, I mean, I think of, I think those are great examples, first of all. <laughs> uh, I think of companies that have maybe like, like more specialized projects. So there's, I mean, there's companies like, you know, Tom's Shoes, that that's a part of their business model. The corporate social responsibility is part of every transaction, right? But then there's also these, these special projects. And, you know, one of the ones that I kind of have fed off of from my career as a, as a stellar example would be with Zappos. 
actually toured their downtown facility in downtown Las Vegas and heard the story of how Tony Shea went on the board for the city and how he revamped downtown Las Vegas and how he invested in that city uh, to build the community that he did for his employees. And I sort of look at that as such, such an honest investment in your, your organization's culture of being able to, to build something that they get to touch every day that is built specifically for them. I mean, they built offsite um, apartments that are almost like dorms for their employees so that they have uh, the ability to, to build a community outside of the office as well. Um, and just what he did, it not only changed the culture for Zappos, but it was so disruptive about how people design their office spaces, design their communities, and it's fueling so much disruption. And just like, I feel like that's where puddle spaces started. You know, like, it's just interesting to me the how something that started as uh, an investment in Zappos became corporate social responsibility, changed the way meeting spaces are designed. Like, wow, how does all of that kind of uh, intersect? It's just so interesting to me. Right. Um, I know here, and, and here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a single company. Um, here right. in the Mid-Atlantic, I'm right outside of Washington, D.C. in the Baltimore area. We have a nonprofit organization called Integrate Baltimore. And Integrate Baltimore was founded by a design engineer from one of our local integrators. The board of directors includes a couple of competing integrators, a manufacturer's rep firm, a local college that has a technology track and several others. And basically they founded this nonprofit to foster AV and technology education in our region among young people. But then they also take all of this surplus stuff that we have as an AV industry, whether it's old stock that nobody's buying, whether it's uh, things that we're tearing out because the, our clients are up to, upgrading and modernizing and then there's all this technology and instead of sending it right to a landfill most of the times it's still usable and they'll take that and they'll donate it to nonprofit organizations that don't have a technology budget to schools to you know churches to whomever and so they've sort of built this community called Integrate Baltimore that brings in people from all different aspects I know my own company at least the AV division participates in in AV Baltimore or integrate Baltimore events and it's a great way to give back to our local community and by supporting all the educational aspects we're also giving back to our industry as a whole because these young people getting the industry education might come to work for my company or integrator A or B or C that are on the board or the manufacturers rep so um, those are some really great examples in and out of the industry on how corporate social responsibility can uh, play a part and what we can do. Um, we're running out of time here. I do appreciate both of you for coming. Before I give, let you totally wrap up and give us your contact info, though, I've got one quick question and just one or two words. If you could advise an integrator or another AV manufacturer considering getting involved in supporting a program for co corporate social responsibility in maybe say five words or less, what would you tell them? Uh, let's start with Megan this time. Um, I would say make a list of uh, what you do really well and make a list of what you care about and see where that crossover can live. And so where can you make the biggest impact with the things that you do well? Good, a few more than five words, but it was short enough. I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, since she didn't hold to five, I won't hold you to five either, but what, what, what's your short <laughs> advice to someone interested in starting a CSR corporate social program? 
I think that was great advice. I think it's really focusing on what you're passionate about because maybe that doesn't ex exist yet. And I would second, I would second that advice with if you can't pick one, just pick something because it's better than nothing. That's great advice. That's great advice. And I think my couple second advice would be look outside the box. Don't just worry about writing a check, but look at how in your own organization's life you can make a difference in some small way. Mm -hmm. um, well, I want to thank you both for coming. Um, my lovely co-host Kelly had to leave quickly. Um, so I'll give you her contact info if anyone wants to talk to Kelly or reach out to her. She's the program director for NSCA, the National Systems Contractors Association. Uh, is it association? I think association. If that's wrong, she can beat me later. Um, and her Twitter handle is at NSCA underscore Kelly. Um, Melissa, where can folks find you or your company? Uh, I'm at Daylight, the Senior Marketing Product Manager at Daylight, and you can find me on either LinkedIn at Melissa Roan or any of the social media sites under the same name. Great. Thank you again for coming. Megan, how about you? Sure. I'm Megan Needler with a K, and you guys can find me on LinkedIn as well, and I am the Product Manager for Middle Atlantic's Furniture Offering. Fantastic. Again, thank you both for coming and spending some time with us talking about how we can do good as companies on this week's AV Social. As usual, I'm Dawn Mead. I'm your host. And I now work for a very large, to be unnamed, aerospace company within the defense industry sector that I won't be naming. But you can always find me here at avnation.tv and on Twitter and the other social channels as avdawn or Dawn Mead. Um, thank you all so much for watching and taking part with us in the conversation today and continue this conversation over on Twitter. One last thing, I would love to thank all of our sponsors who are underwriters who uh, help us put on these shows. And if you want to know more about our underwriters, check them out at avnation.tv. And I'm sure you'll find a link there to see all of our underwriters. Thanks so much and have a great day from AV Social.